after further review as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. He is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. Welcome back to 88.3WTs. After further review, back at it here on another Saturday, so to speak, actually uh, Friday afternoon as we had a tape of segment for David the Man of God Harris because he'll be going out of town on Saturday, but he hasn't been on the show for a couple of weeks. So we decided to do a little bit of a taping. Uh, David, welcome back after having a couple two weeks off. You actually, what are you, in the city of Buffalo? Yep, city of Buffalo. Got some church stuff to take care of and did a little traveling, but I'll be back in time to watch Clemson beat up on Syracuse, the hometown team. So that'll be fun. Oh, that's right. You, that's, I, for, I keep forgetting that you are in Syracuse now with your own uh, church. Are they getting really excited about that? I mean, Syracuse two years ago beat Clemson at their place and then last year I think they won or they lost barely 27 to 24 and knocking out Trevor Lawrence in that game uh but your thoughts though before we get into this winners and losers yeah so people are excited more about the kind of the crowd that is going to be there anticipate it's going to be a sellout for the first time in a long time here in Syracuse so the anticipation the excitement there to have a big crowd recognizing some uh, Syracuse legends that are going to be in in Syracuse this weekend is kind of a because originally the plan was college game day would be here in Syracuse and then Syracuse decided to you know get the break speed off from by Maryland by five thousand points last week. So that kind of scrapped that plan. But I think there's still the big excitement seeing a national champion come to town. So they got home opener. They got blown out and game day said thanks but no thanks. Yeah, because I think at the time, Syracuse was the 21st ranked team in the country. Now Maryland has that ranking. But at the time, it was like, okay, two matched teams. The last, again, last time Syracuse hosted Clemson, they won. And so it was just a matter of, okay, the excitement building up. And then Maryland just decided to turn into the Baltimore Ravens and just embarrass Syracuse. And so it was like, okay. We're probably not going to do that, but it's still going to be prime time on ABC 7:30 kickoff. The city is going to be excited. They're anticipating, you know, a huge revenue boost to the economy because all the people that are coming up from Clemson, South Carolina, and again wanting to see the you know, defending national champion. So, am I expecting it to be a closed game now? Do I do I anticipate it being as big of a blowout as it was last week? Probably not, especially home opener, Kerry Doman, again, knowing the history of Clemson coming up here at Syracuse. But it should be an interesting game nonetheless. Yeah, it should be. And now that you're back on here, we get back to your segment that everyone likes and very popular is... David, the man of guy, Harris's winners and losers. David, uh, take it away. All right, so we're going to start off. There's a bunch of losers over the past two weeks of college football and the NFL. We're just going to get the NFL out of the way. 
My first loser is the AS Eagles. Now, you may be wondering why I'm lumping all the teams in because one of them actually won. I'm just going to start with the Ravens. Like, what good is it to bully the Miami Dolphins that we know are tanking? Like, you could have taken your stars out if they have. Like, you didn't have to just keep Lamar Jackson in until the fourth quarter. Like, it was it was clearly over once you scored that fifth touchdown. So if you did, like, just run up the score as if, you know, that's going to get you a new brownie point. Like, it's a team that literally everyone, including Miami Dolphins, knows that they're tanking. Like, that's not a good ball. I, I don't really have to mention the Steelers because we all saw that. And all I'm going to say is we, everyone, everyone in Pittsburgh thought, oh, you know, turnover new leaf. Dante Moncrief is going to be replaced. We don't need A.B. We don't need Bell. And, again, I said all off season, check the tape. Then was the problem. Not A, B, and Bell. And we saw when you don't have two great weapons, you kind of get embarrassed like that. Go and talk to him you just can't catch. Um, the Bengals didn't so, really so think you're basically, that they would, That's not really a hot take. You're basically keeping it real with us. Is that basically A, B, Levy, and Bell, once in a generational talents, Juju Smith-Schuster probably more better as a number two than a number one, and Moncrief just can't catch. Yeah, and I mean, people, you know, unpopular thing. I've been saying this for months now, even though now people are starting to laugh about Antonio Brown, but we'll get, that's a whole other segment for later on. Right. And the Bengals, I mean, they kept it close, which is actually more surprising than anything, but it's still the Bengals lost. And then the Browns, all this hype, all this excitement, and then you lose to the Tennessee, like you can embarrass by the Tennessee Titans and you give up over 200 yards. A penalty. Like, if that doesn't say Cleveland Browns are exactly who we thought they were, like, I don't know what does. By the way, you're using Denny, <laughs> Denny Green as they were thinking they were paper champions, thought they were crowned, and basically Tennessee Titans went in there and knocked the crown off of their uh, heads or their. Which, but what was crazy though was that the Browns on their first possession drove down the field and scored a touchdown, and then the extra point was missed. And then who would have thought that even with that missed extra point, it just seemed like it was mistake after mistake after mistake for the Browns. Not a very good look in week one, but remember, we got 16 more weeks to go. Continue, David. Yeah, we're going to stick in the NFL. The Miami Dolphins and the lose. Like, like, good God, like, that was bad. Like I've, like, I've seen football for a long time. I've been analyzing and kind of breaking down football for a while. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a football game where it was that bad. And that's including, you know, these little, this is the poor teams getting, you know, the paycheck to get their butts with by SEC teams. Like, that, like, that was embarrassing to watch as a, just as a football fan. Not, never mind you, a fan of the team, the organization. Like, I understand you were tanking, but, like, like, you trade away your best offensive lineman, right? Into the season, you have an aging quarterback, and you have a young quarterback. Like that's bad, in Miami. Like, like I would never wish that kind of putrid football on my worst enemy, including the Browns. Like, inc- like anyone. Like that was just, yeah, it was bad. And sticking with teams that are over highest expectations, Texas Longhorns football. Like. Like, moving to the college game, 
do we really think that they were a top ten team in the country when they were kind of had this primetime matchup against LSU? No, I didn't. And and you're right. I, I, I kind of agree with you. I Herman is inconsistent up and down, but yeah, I don't I don't see what the big hype is about this Texas team. Like I understand, you know, you have this hot shot quarterback, you know, you know like they have the flair and the style, but again, they're still the second best team in the Big Twelve because there's leaps and bounds behind Oklahoma because Oklahoma just keeps running. And then, as we've seen, okay, going up against similar competition with an LSU team that that's like middle of the road SEC, like they're middle top tier SEC. Like you could argue that. Them and Florida are kind of interchanging between third and fourth behind Alabama and Georgia within that conference. And so this is like, okay, these are your peers. These are who you're going to be in bowl games with. And LSU just embarrassed. Like, like the, the score just indicates just kind of how better LSU is than Texas. And so while you're going to have, you know, probably nine win season, you know, it's still going to, this is going to be a mark like, Comparative, you know, competition even far. Yeah, you're not there yet. Wait a minute, though. If this is Texas, though, they have their own network. They should be at least getting 10 to 11 wins a season. Nine wins is probably not going to cut it. Well, I mean, you know, they, they fired coaches that are doing they're so successful, and they brought in Herman thinking that, you know, hey, nine wins wasn't good enough. Ten wins wasn't good enough. Do I, do I think they have the, like, player personnel to get 10 wins? Yeah. But do I think that they'll beat Oklahoma? No. And then LSU. So there's two losses right there. And you always, you always know between an Oklahoma State or Texas Tech or Iowa State, one of those teams is going to kind of throw a monkey wrench. And so it just kind of seems like the more things change, the more things stay the same in Texas. Even with all the type, all this popularity trying to get back to the upper echelon, I'm not seeing it. But it'll be interesting just to see. And continuing on with the losers, uh, I'm going to say Michigan. Like, and people are going to say, hey, you survived, you scare, you know, armies is tough physical team. They know how to tackle. They're well-disciplined, obviously, because, you know, they're in the Army. But I shared it over text last week. I was listening to that game against Army, and, like, you cannot win in the Big Ten if you don't have a quarterback. It seems like Patterson was trying his best to shoot themselves in the foot over and over and over again. And especially in that overtime period, like, you had opportunities to Feel the game with a touchdown and make it that much more harder for Army to score, knowing that defensively, until that that kind of magical stand in double overtime, your defense was having trouble with Army. And so, in that game, you're relying on a freshman, 33 carries, 100 yards. Like, that's not going to work against Michigan State. That's not going to work against Penn State. And that's definitely not going to work against Ohio State. Well, I think uh, Shea Patterson was a little overhyped myself. I, I don't think he's very accurate, and he doesn't have a very strong arm to throw the deep ball. Uh, and then the accuracy even goes down even more when uh, he gets uh, pressured and rushed. Uh, 
solid quarterback. I mean, better than some of the other quarterbacks they've had in the past. But is he that, I guess in NFL terms, franchise guy? Or is he the big – or I would say in college terms, I call him for quarterback. Is he the big man on campus? No, he's not the BMC. Uh, but but solid, but you could tell he gets a rattled a little bit. And I, I, when they played Middle Tennessee, I wasn't even impressed either. Uh, he, I, to be honest with you, I really think Shea Patterson might be the downfall of Michigan football this year. I, I think they'll win games, um, but I, I do, do believe they're on a bye week this week. And don't they go to Wisconsin next week? Yeah, they they have a brutal schedule within conference, and we talked about right, it. exactly. And yeah. I and I think that that's that that's the 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 thing. I think he has weapons. They're going to do a lot more running game. People, I, you know, people think that Jim Harbaugh is, is, is behind in the times and he's slow and he's, he's old with the offense. He's not stupid. He knows that Shea Patterson has limitations. And, and I think that's the reason why they run the offense that they run. They want to run a ball-controlled offense. Some of these teams you don't want to get in the shootout with because, let's face it, you don't, you're not using as a powerful gun as all these other teams. Well, it makes it makes sense to do the ball control. They mix it up, or probably try to have balance. Because as I've said before, I've watched Shea Patterson the last last year, and then the first two games. This were actually the first game Middle Tennessee. I didn't get to see really the Army game. Um, but then again, Army's no slouch though. You know, as you said, they're very disciplined. Um, they don't throw the ball. They run, they run the triple action, don't they? So they're a ball control team. But so is Michigan as well. And that's what I think they're going to hang their hat on. They're going to hang their hat on defense, and they're going to hang their hat on uh, running the football. Now, some people might think that's old-fashioned, but you can't run something if you don't have the talent at that position. And I know Shea Patterson came in very hyped, and he was at an Ole Miss, but I, I, I just, I don't see what's so special about the kid. I mean, maybe you, you know, you know more football than I do, but just from my amateur eye you know for as far as watching football i don't see it i see receivers having to come back for passes that's that's kind of a uh, a red flag and a lot of times when he rolls out of the pocket either he's throwing behind the receiver or over the receiver or throwing an interception so I, that's just me personally now you might think something different but i think shea patterson is going to be the downfall of michigan football yeah, I completely agree with that. I don't think, like, and the crazy thing was is that we spent, what, four, like, basically the entire Harbaugh regime so far be like, okay, he's talked about he needs a quarterback. He needs a quarterback. He's trying to get this Andrew Luck style kind of leader of men. And it's like, he, we all thought, okay, well, at least in Ann Arbor, people thought, okay, she Patterson, he may not be that Andrew Luck, but at least he could be competent, I would say. And it's like, watching two games so far, it's like, like Shea Patterson is supposed to be the season veteran. He's supposed to have worked all these teams out. Right. And granted, Army is a good team. They they held, uh, yeah, they held their own against Oklahoma, who was the top team in recent years. So we know, I mean, military schools are always going to be disciplined in that regard, but yeah, it's not looking good. And I would not be surprised if maybe mid-October, maybe late-October, 
they roll out one of these younger quarterbacks just to get a little spark. Mm-hmm. Because you're not going to you're not going to kill your freshman running back thirty three carries like three yards at a time. Like that, like, like he's not that big running back anyway. And so if it, like if he if he was like a big bulky back like a Beanie Wells or a Carlos High, like the Ohio State running backs or even the Wisconsin Nebraska running backs, where you know. You're 250, 280, and you mm-hmm. can take that physicality. But, yeah, it's not looking good in Michigan. So. Uh, and then one final loser for me, I'm, I'm going to say Stanford. Just all this expectation, you play that Stanford-Northwestern game where, okay, you know it's going to be close just because you get that national quote-unquote lucky break at the end of the right. Regulation to kind of slow it out, and then coming into the game against USC, which is kind of sort of a rivalry, I think. I guess over the past like decade or so, and it's like okay, I thought betting line favorites, USC favored three and a half, six and a half. I was like, is Stanford really that bad, or is it this USC team that's kind of? Your normal USC, we have a quarterback kind of that's good in college, but won't you crap in the pros. And then they get the great speed off them after having a big lead. And it's like, I hate to say it, but I think David Shaw, maybe time for people at Stanford, like, hey, are you at your plateau? Have you reached the peak and pinnacle? Granted, it was with when you had, you know, the star quarterback, Andrew Luck, you had some decent running backs. And you had a pretty decent running back, so you had the offensive weapon. But now it's like, okay, who, who's going to be this next great player from Stanford? Who's going to turn this kind of program around? And it may be, you know, he's been there so long, it's like, has his voice just gotten stale? Where it's like, okay, nine, ten wins, you know, you may make a Rose Bowl here or there, you may make a pretty decent bowl game, but it's like, Stanford's going to be that top 10, top 15 program. I just don't see it. And then my lone winner, as we transition to the winners, is everyone. Because football's back. College football's back. Gambling's back. Pro football, unless you're in Miami, is back. I mean, it's good times. And, you know, of course, high school football's up and running. ESPN showing those premier high school games, you know. The track is up and running. Like college, like football is in the air, and everyone is happy about football. And if you're not, if you're not watching any football, or again, you live in Florida. So that does it for my extended edition of winners and losers here. It's only one winner. Man, it seems like you kind of really hating today, uh, David. Yeah, but I mean, when everyone is a winner because football is back, can you really like add more than that? I mean, you could say Baltimore Ravens are a winner because they have this quarterback and everyone thought they were stupid for getting rid of Joe Flacco for Lamar Jackson. You could say that you know Alabama is a winner because they just keep doing what they're doing. Or you, you could say that there are some teams that are winners, but I mean, so week one, Winner, of course, football is back. And obviously, unless you're in Florida, opening kickoff, week one, new ex- expectations for a lot of teams 
lot of young teams. You kind of know what to expect. There's a new era in Arizona. And you can kind of say that's some kind of a winner and kind of a loser. Arizona kind of saw what they had in the quarterback and their, and their new head coach, even though that was more Detroit, just being Detroit. And I, I guess when you're in teams like Baltimore, you have this new era with Lamar Jackson. Again, a lot of people thinking that kind of transitioning from Joe Flacco, who is this Super Bowl winning quarterback, even though you have this young star that we saw Lamar Jackson. So there's a couple winners in terms of actual programs wanting to see who their future is going to be. Or, you know, in terms of the opening kickoff, I guess Derek, as a Bears fan, you're kind of like, uh, Mitch Trubisky's still not our guy, but at least we have like the defense that we know is still pretty good, kind of. No, he's not. Well, good. Just... He's not the guy. He's not the franchise guy. Decent quarterback, but he's not on, never going to be on Aaron Rodgers' level. And if you want to win a Super Bowl, you got to have guys like an uh, Aaron Rodgers type, Tom Brady type, Drew Brees type, heck, Deshaun Watson. You know, Pat Mahomes type, and those are two guys that he was picked over and then traded up for, traded up to give up something to get up to number two to get him. And Mahomes and Watson have looked like better quarterbacks, period. Yeah, so kind of just thinking about even those two teams, Kansas, I mean, clearly Kansas City lost Tyree Kill for a long while. And if you're a Jacksonville, you also lost, you know, Nick Foles, you pay all this money, and then so now you're going with a Bird Reynolds lookalike. So speaking about that, you're talking about the longest yard, basically, David. Yeah, the longest yard, Gavin, that she looked like. And so, million dollars, you know, you have this big extension to Nick Foles, and then, boom, gets her week one. So there's a lot of places within around the league that are hoping that this jump start after this first week, you see this young quarterback. I mean, there was a shootout between a young quarterback, Sean Watson, and a guy that seemingly never ages in Drew Brees to start off Monday night. There's a lot of excitement in the league, and so I think with this week one, there's a lot of teams asking a lot of questions. There are a lot of teams that have answered their questions. You know, and there's teams like Miami who are just like, yeah, we don't care. We're just trying to think for two Yeah, well, good, interesting uh, topic there, David, for the winners and losers, and uh, we'll wrap this up. And uh, when we return, we'll talk a little bit about Team USA and their uh, disappointment. But make sure you always check us out on SoundCloud and on iTunes. David, once again, thanks for Winners and Losers, the first one of the year. Yep, always exciting. Be back for more college football and hopefully more success from some of these NFL teams. Yeah, especially the Bears. We'll be back after this. <laughs> 